0: Inspirational women are increasingly popular in the news and media, but many go unheard and their stories are never told. Women to Watch with Susan Rocco captures the stories of many women who truly make a difference. Women to Watch is the vehicle for developing new leaders, encouraging younger generations, and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB. Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm thrilled to be in here every week sharing the stories of some uh, wonderful women in the Philadelphia area and across the country as well. And I'm very excited to have uh, in the studio with me today Molly Shepard. And Molly is the president and CEO of The Leader's Edge, which is a firm here in Philadelphia um, that consults executives and uh, leaders and all types of people in in corporate positions thank you for coming in today molly
1: you're very welcome
0: um you know your your profile and your bio is incredibly impressive to me and extensive um however as we always do i like to to tell a story from the very beginning and i thought we would start uh, a little bit hearing about your years growing up in greenwich connecticut
1: I grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut. Or Greenwich, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Greenwich is probably the English pronunciation. Uh, and it was a long time ago because I left there when I was 17 and never really have, have gone back. Uh, but uh, that's where I guess I began my development as a leader in some way.
0: And what, what do you attribute to that? When you think back as a young girl, I, I always think that there's such a it's such a key um, time in your life that helps shape your direction and where you go. And um, I'm wondering if when you were a young girl, you had this sense of leadership or confidence. And if so, where do you think that that came from?
1: I think my my awareness was very limited at that time, but I was deeply influenced, I'm quite sure, by my father, who uh, was an ad man, a salesman uh, par excellence. He was the publisher of Look Magazine, which some people may remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I saw him working very hard, commuting into New York City uh, every day on the 7 o'clock and coming back at 7.30. And so that work ethic was instilled in me at a very young age. At the same time, he and my mother contributed enormous amounts of time to their volunteer work in Greenwich, uh, serving as chair of the United Way, serving as chair of the um, museum there, the garden clubs, the college associations that they belong to. So I also I believe, uh, because it's such an important part of my life now, that I must have absorbed some understanding of how important it was to give back
3: mm-hmm. to the community. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but beyond that, um, the experience I had as a young child was was not a necessarily a positive one regarding women's leadership. Uh, I, I grew up in the dark ages when women were encouraged to be teachers, nurses, or uh, secretaries, and only for a short period of time while they looked for a husband, and then quit. Right. And became mothers. Yes. So that was a very strong message mm-hmm. uh, that came through, which I've had to resist and re- rebel against all these years.
0: Yes. And you know, it's when you had your mom. You know, you you watched her be involved in in community um, activities, and what were the conversations she had with you? Were they one of, you know, you can do anything and, and you know, follow uh, the path that that you feel you should be on? Or did she lean towards, you know, the the sign of the times and, and what women should be doing?
1: She uh, didn't really ever talk to me about a career, and I don't believe thought I should go into a career. She thought it was more important as she had done is to support a family, raise children and get them educated and mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah. And her big job of course was supporting my father. But I did hear her reflect at one point on how frustrated she was that she couldn't to work. She was very bright. And as I look back on my mother, I could see her easily as a CEO of a company uh with the sharp mind that she has. And uh uh, but it, she was never encouraged to do that either. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get any messages about becoming a leader or doing whatever you want. I, it was more around education and get as highly educated as possible, read and learn all the time and never stop that uh, process. Mm-hmm. And uh, get out of the house uh, as soon as, as you can uh, or after graduation, but more online with you know f- having a family.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you certainly followed the advice of ed- education. You have I four did. four different degrees, and um, you know I should mention you have a BA from Wheaton College, a Master's in psy- uh, psycho- Psychology from Penn, um, an MSN in Leadership from the American College, and an Honorary Doctorate of Humanities from Westchester. That's a lot of education. Yeah, and um, it, to me, that it speaks to your thirst for knowledge. Was that something that you always had?
1: Yes. I, I can remember going up to my room at a very young age and reading pretty heady books.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I read War and Peace when I was 11. Wow. Uh, and I just, I didn't know I was doing anything different. I just loved books. And I've always read a book a week, if not more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have as much time as I used to to do that, but I always try to get a book read a week. Mm-hmm. And I love I love to learn and I learn from every kind of book. So I alternate if I can a nonfiction with a fiction or a leadership book with a, a novel. Uh and I learn from the novels as well. I try to take away as much as I can from anything. I mm-hmm. read four newspapers a day and I read scads of magazines. Wow. So I guess I am your consummate reader. Yes. Thirst for knowledge, for sure. And you
0: are also an author. And uh, I would love to talk about one of your latest books, which is Breaking into the Boys Club. Um, We talk very often on this show about uh, some of the challenges that women face across all industries, but most specifically, I think, in areas where historically it's been male-dominated. What was the inspiration behind the book, number one? And, And then if you could talk a little bit about it.
1: Well, in 2000, I had the opportunity to sell a company that I was involved in and decide what I wanted to do. And in 2000, I decided to dedicate myself to the advancement of women in the corporate marketplace. I, uh, through my research, determined that we were doing miserably and uh, there was something that needed to happen there. And I started the Leaders Edge, Leaders by Design. Uh, Leaders by Design is our... our, um, component that addresses the executive male and his development and understanding of the importance of inclusion and diversity on his global team or whatever he might be doing, which my husband, Peter Dean, runs. Uh, But at the time, I started The Leader's Edge, which was focused on women, and began coaching and developing the leadership of really hundreds of women throughout the Delaware Valley, Manhattan, New York, uh, Connecticut, our footprint now includes Washington, D.C. and Chicago. And I realized that I had a lot of great stories to tell. So Breaking into the Boys Club is all about the very senior women that I've coached over time. Their names have obviously been changed. And the uh, issues and challenges they faced in advancing in the corporate uh, workplace And some of the strategies and tools and tactics that our coaching uh, together helped uh, them to achieve success. So um, it's a it's more than a compendium of stories. However, it is it is divided into chapters addressing these major issues and challenges that my research and our work in the company has identified. So there are some major buckets Uh, Mm -hmm. like communications and political savvy and strategic networking and career development and leadership impact and presence. And in each chapter, I not only talk about the strategies that uh, will lead to success for both men and women. Mm -hmm. It is a woman's book, but it is is applicable to men as well. Uh, And then a lot of the stories that I gained through either my coaching or the coaching on the part of my team.
0: Well, that's, that's certainly the area that intrigues me the most. I really feel, um, I mean, it's critical when I read a lot of these books, which I do, I think it's always so critical to not just point out what those, the challenges have been, but to always provide some type of um, tools and resources and strategies for being better. But, but the stories behind all of these women, um, perhaps who have come before us, I find to be, there's such great lessons there. And they seem to really kind of resonate with women today and stick with them. So I think the two going hand in hand is a great way to um, help executive women, you know, really move forward and take something of substance.
1: Well, and I agree. And the book is sold out and has now been reissued. Okay. Just came out a couple weeks ago and been updated. So Hopefully, it's helping a lot of women who don't have a coach or don't have a uh, leadership uh, consultant helping them. Uh, it's like a coach in a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, every woman who's read it, uh, who I've had the chance to debrief with, has said, my story was in there. That's, that all happened to me. All happened
0: to me, yeah, right.
1: So, yeah, it really
0: validates a lot it of the does. experiences. Um, do you have plans for, are you on to another book at this point? You've done four, I believe.
1: I have. The, the book before this reissue uh, was a book on retirement strategies for women called uh, Primetime. And uh, that's a book that I haven't gone out and marketed, although it is on Amazon. Uh, but I have also helped a lot of women develop uh, retirement strategies, uh, determining where they want to, how they want to leave the workplace and what their legacy might be. And I and I think that's a, a process that takes some real advanced planning to do well. So I wrote a workbook on how to retire successfully. But the most exciting uh, thing on the agenda is my husband, Peter Dean, and I are uh, writing a book around bullying in the workplace. And we expect that will come out in 2015. But workplace bullying has become almost epidemic. Um, so we need to really address what's going on who's being bullied who are the bullies and uh, again a book that will be helpful in both identifying strategies to cope with bullying in the workplace but also to self-reflect on whether you in fact uh, have any bullying habits that need to be addressed
0: Mm -hmm. that's so interesting to me because obviously the topic of bullying is is quite prevalent in the news
1: Um, very much so
0: but but regarding, you know, the children and, mm-hmm. you know, younger students. Um, but I I don't know that there's a lot of talk about bullying in the workplace. And um,
1: I don't think there is. Uh, the Peter and I were reading about the uh, bullying that's going on in sports, especially mm-hmm. in the Miami Dolphin arena. And uh, we thought, wow, you know, we've certainly, I've coached many women who've been bullied. I don't know a woman who doesn't have a good bullying story. Mm-hmm but i never thought about wow this might be something much bigger than than it looks and our research has determined it's pretty pretty big
0: yeah i'll be very interested to read that book um i think the term bullying is a word that you know we're raised to to believe that it, it's going to happen and you just have to deal with it but i think if we point out um instances and experiences um it can be something that should be battled against and, and people should be called out for it.
1: Absolutely. And children often are trained to be bullies very early on in mm-hmm. the playgrounds. So uh, parents should be advised as well. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, you You have
0: received numerous awards. Um, for me to list them would probably take the show, so <laughs> I won't. Um, but I, you know, I always look at people like yourself um, who are, Um, acknowledged, you know, for your work. And I wonder if there's, number one, what those awards mean to you, and if there was anyone in particular that you were personally touched by.
1: Well, each and every award has meant a whole lot to me, and I've always been enormously flattered. There's a little bit of my kind of ironic side, which might think that, well, maybe they had trouble finding another woman CEO. (laughs) I highly doubt that. You know, the number of us are, are fairly small but um to be more positive about it um i think the work i've done in the community and in business um has merited uh that some of that recognition um and i th- the the biggest award the most meaningful not necessarily the most meaningful but i may maybe the one that i am most proud of is the paradigm award which i received from the greater philadelphia chamber of commerce a couple of years ago for my achievements in business and in the community. Mm -hmm. So their requirements uh, for winning that award are that a woman not only achieve leadership status um, in in running a a for-profit business, but also have contributed her time to causes, and in addition to that, uh, served as a model for women. Mm -hmm. And many women who are working very hard in their jobs... Have not thought about the importance of also getting out into the community for a lot of reasons, and and not only just giving back, but also um, lending their name and their status to uh, some very worthwhile causes. And to do it is not easy, but I have done it, right? And uh, was recognized for that, and it was pretty heady. And the other award that comes to mind is the Woman of Spirit Award that I got from the United Way. Of southeastern Pennsylvania,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I was chair of the United Way for a couple of years uh, believe very strongly in the work that the United Way does for our community because we you know we walk the streets and and encounter the problems every day for business people and can't ignore the fact that we have a an obligation to really work on those issues. Uh, so I have been invol- was involved very deeply in the United Way, was, was uh, nominated to chair, much to my surprise and, and fear, but uh, <laughs> did that for t- uh, a couple of years. And then after that, uh, and as part of that job, I started a women's initiative at the United Way, which has become very large. Hundreds of women now come each year to celebrate uh, women and, and women in philanthropy and women giving back. Uh, So that award was acknowledging all of that work and made me very proud.
0: Um, You know, it's interesting. I think one of the you mentioned that some women who are um, executives or working women don't take the time to to look at community activism. And I would imagine one of the reasons is they're so overwhelmed by the work that they're doing, um, they don't have the time or they don't really know how to manage that. And so the obvious question for me to you is how you do manage your time because um, you sit on multiple boards. All of those require your um, support and feedback and advice and time. And um, managing time today with all of the juggling we do is difficult. Some do it by being very proactive in in allotting time, you know, for certain areas. And other people, I think, probably handle things as they come at them. What is your style of managing your time?
1: And there may be some people out there who don't think I do it very well. But <laughs> uh, first of all, I, I have it as a priority uh, for a lot of reasons. A woman can learn so much if she becomes active in her community by rubbing shoulders with other executive leaders And seeing them uh, sitting around the table of a board of a small, you know, not-for-profit, dealing with really important, uh, complex, and strategic problems. So the learning that you get from those outside uh, board uh, memberships is enormous. Um, And it's also good for business. So I've always felt that I've been able to bring a lot of learning and insights and strategies back to my company, uh, just working with other leaders Mm -hmm. and seeing how they address uh, significant issues and challenges and just getting to know them and getting them more comfortable with me and vice versa. So my businesses have have largely been built on these uh, very good relationships that I've developed with business leaders throughout uh, really the uh, mid-Atlantic. Uh, So I understood the importance early on of getting out there and getting engaged. And as I mentioned, I saw my parents giving back their time. So I made it a priority. And as I began to weave it into my work, um, these, um, these boards that I served on that I gave great time to, I realize that many of those meetings are held either early in the morning or late in the afternoon or during the Mm workday so that if you believe that it's going to help your business, then you um, need to um, do it and and assume or make sure your business understands that this is important uh, for both you and in your development as well as for the business, its contacts, its reputation, and its growth. Exactly.
0: I think sometimes the term networking um, has a negative connotation um, if people aren't approaching it in the right manner. But if you're doing it um, kind of organically with the purpose of building relationships, finding people that align with you and maybe you can help and they can help you, that's the right way to do it. It is important.
1: And finding a cause or causes that align with your interests and your passion. I mean, there are a lot of organizations that I did join that um, I realized I didn't have the kind of commitment that I had to others. Correct. So, you know, making sure that you're picking the the boards, the community um, issues that are of most meaning.
0: Right, exactly. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Molly Shepard, President and CEO of The Leader's Edge.
4: It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks, and some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the mutual fund store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face to face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your mutual fund store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the mutual fund store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit mutualfundstore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill 877-239-8330. That's
0: 877-239-8330. Hello, Hi Kelly, it's Sue. Are you and Joe going to the kids' game after school today? No,
4: we are stuck in traffic again on our way to the hospital for Joe's IVIG infusion. As usual, we will be at the hospital all day and won't be home in time. This is really becoming a problem with our work and family commitments.
0: Hey, my friend's son receives his infusions at home with Walgreens. You know, they are not just a retail pharmacy. Walgreens has a national home infusion program. He used to miss school, but now the Walgreens nurses see him at home after school. Wow. Infusions in the comfort of our own home? Yes. Walgreens expert infusion nurses and pharmacists are available 24-7 to provide safe, one-on-one clinical support around your schedule. Talk to your doctor and call Walgreens Infusion Services at 877-974-4844 or go to womentowatch.net for complete details. We will, if we ever get out of this traffic, hardy-har-har. We can't wait
4: to
5: have these infusions at home with Walgreens. Thanks. Be well. Have you ever wondered about the magic of Paris? Traveled there before? You haven't experienced Paris until you've traveled with us. I'm Chloe Johnson, the owner of CJ Tours. I became hooked on the mystique of all things Parisian after just one visit to the city of life. CJ Tours, a travel, fashion, and product company, provides an experience unlike any other when it comes to exploring the hidden gems of Paris. We connect you with boutiques off the beaten path. We provide the opportunity to go behind the scenes with some of the most celebrated designers Paris has to offer. You can even purchase one-of-a-kind French pieces as mementos of your trip or ask us to source that special piece just for you. CJ Tours and our unique products are designed to provide that Parisian je ne sais quoi and allow you to experience Paris like never before. To learn more, contact me at Chloe Johnston at CJShoppingTours.com or simply visit ChloeJohnston.com for more information.
2: Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interest at heart? Insource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized success, InSource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. InSource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact InSource today at 610-592-0800 or visit their website at insourcenow.com to find the quality help you need.
6: When you are shopping, do you chuckle at the one-size-fits-all tags? Well, Wealth Management should not take a one-size-fits-all approach either. Companies offer different products and services for women, and they should. All women are different. Your plan should be as unique and personal as you are. So why are you still following your one-size-fits-all financial advisor? Financial advisor Liz Barker of RBC Wealth Management understands this. Her area of expertise is women in transition and being retirement ready. Call Liz Barker, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management at 484-530-2806. Again, that number is 484 530 or visit her online at www.lizbarker.com to schedule your complimentary custom wealth management plan today. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to this week's Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm in the studio today with Molly D. Shepherd. Molly is the president and CEO of the Leader's Edge. Um, She is also an author, a speaker, and um, we were talking before the break about um, all the different aspects of, of supporting women and helping women uh, become leaders. And one of the things you mentioned to me in our break was an organization that you're a member of, um, 30% Co- Coalition. Um, I'd love for you to talk a few minutes about that organization and what specifically they do.
1: The organization uh, of which I'm a member, the 30% Coalition, is uh engaged in trying to get women on for-profit boards, and I can't speak to it as as well as I would like because uh, my membership is relatively new. Uh, The reason I joined it was because I've been working on trying to get women on board on for-profit boards for the last eight years. I I co-run a program with uh, Diversified Search run by Judy Von Seldeneck, which is the largest women-owned executive search firm in the world. Uh, And she and I designed a program called Women on Board. We run once a year where we help very senior women strategize how to get on boards. And uh, so Vicki Kramer, who runs the coalition, uh, has asked me to... Become a member of that group. Uh, they're making some good headway in convincing organization companies that it's a it's an imperative. There's a lot of research out now that indicates that when a company has more women at senior in senior management and on the board, uh, that they actually do better. They have a better return on investment or better return on uh, equity. So with that compelling research, uh, companies need to take notice and if not for all the right reasons which mm-hmm. is that we're 50% of the workforce right. and we're very highly educated credible and have been in the workforce for over 60 years mm-hmm. so we're certainly poised uh to go into the C-suite and go on to boards but uh the boards have not opened their arms up to women in large part not quite we're yet. M- we're inching our way that's to right. more parity there that's
0: right what do you think it is about women that, and I have been reading a lot of reports and statistics which point to the fact that, you know, um, there's profitability in having equal numbers of women. What do you think it is about women that uh, bring that um... – <laughs> <laughs> Molly's looking at her husband, Peter, who's with us. Um, I, I'm I'm curious to know what you think it is. Well, in other words, what are the gifts that women have that are different from the gifts that men
1: have? Well, I certainly like the way you put it. Because uh, okay. we do have gifts. We do. And I was smiling because my husband, Peter, has a master's degree in brain hemisphericity. And so as a company, we have studied the differences in the brain makeup of both men and women. And therein lies the real And secret. that's a whole other show. <laughs> that's right? a whole other show. Oh
0: my that's fascinating uh, to me. I'm gonna have to
1: bring you back and Yeah. It's so interesting it because is. our brains are are so different. And it explains, once you understand that, uh, our different behavior styles and communication uh, styles and so on. Uh, What we bring, I believe, is a lot of the um, right brain brain, uh, material to our thinking. And men do tend to be left brained, very focused, very linear, very, you know, get it done, get it done quickly, efficiently, and so on. Uh, which is a big leadership quality, obviously. But what women bring is, you know, let's look at it more serious. Let's look at it more strategically. Let's look at that issue and problem more creatively. Let's determine who will really be affected by that decision, uh, you know, who are, are um, um, either our clients, our constituents, or, or the recipients of our services or the buyers of our products who uh, will be affected by a product decision or a strategic business decision. And it drives the men nuts because it slows down the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it adds, I think it adds a great element to the decision-making, but it doesn't happen as quickly when a woman is part of that.
0: That's right. Just I, by I, nature. Yes. I, I think there's an emotional component that perhaps is not, um, there, uh, when men are working and, and are more black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it, it is important, you know, those that emotional piece is very important to the to the big picture and, and the outcome.
1: And and what it really is is it's that empathy that we bring in for you know the outcome, the individual who's affected, uh, the uh, people on the team, uh, the people in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, when you use both your right and your left brain, you can make very good decisions, but you can also do it with um, some real attention paid to the uh, outcome Mm -hmm. and its effect. So women do belong in the C-suite and they do belong on the boards Mm -hmm. because that is where strategy is set and they can ask the right kinds of questions and add the right kinds of insights to uh, make, I think, a better discussion occur Mm -hmm. and and a better decision to be made. But uh, and that's not the the only major difference. But that, that certainly is, a is one. Yes, yeah. um, Molly. A
0: lot a lot of people come to you for um, advice and guidance and you know your ex- expertise in, in leadership. I wonder when you need advice
1: other than your husband Peter, who do you go to? I'm very lucky because I have such wonderful colleagues and friends that I can go to depending upon the nature of the problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Within my company, I have a number of uh, partners, uh, including Peter, who I can go to with a a business challenge. Uh, If it comes to a more personal issue, I have just wonderful friends that I've carried along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, always made a, another priority of mine is to keep in touch with, you can't keep in touch with a lot of people that you've known over the over the course of your life, but the the friends that really are the most meaningful mm-hmm. uh, are people that I'll often go to to talk at, uh something. And then I have now my business colleagues uh, like Judy, uh, who runs Diversified Search, and uh, Rosemary Greco, who's a senior leader in the community and serves on a number of for profit boards now, but was the president and CEO of Core States Bank, which uh, was a wonderful um, um, achievement for a woman at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Judge Midge Rendell, who uh, is on our Superior Court and who's just a fabulous person, and Loretta Byers, who runs the Byers Charter School, and just a number of women that. I can also speak to.
0: Right, from all different areas. Absolutely. You know, we're seeing a lot of firsts for women today. Why do you think that, why is that happening now, do you think, as opposed to even 10 years ago? Well,
1: there are more of us, and we're more engaged, and we are, as I said, 50% of the workforce, and we are also almost 50% of all management in companies. So with the shortage of talent that will come as, as baby boomers retire over the next few years, women have to be part of the equation for success for companies. So there are some very progressive thinkers who are understanding that and bringing more women in. But the women are also taking care of themselves, too. Uh, there are lots of women's initiatives and organizations starting up where women get together with their colleagues to determine how they can advance their careers and what uh, learnings and education and skills they need Mm -hmm. to acquire, and a lot of uh, external press on this whole issue of women. We may, in fact, have a woman president uh, before too long. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is hardly a a week that goes by that a major magazine or newspaper doesn't have a front-page article on a woman uh, or a woman's issue. So we're getting a lot of attention Mm -hmm. Interestingly, with all that attention and all that work and and women, as I said, being there and and ready to move forward, the needle has not moved significantly. Mm -hmm. We still only hold 14 percent of the executive jobs. We're still not on the top uh, paid lists. Uh, You're hard pressed to find a woman uh, who's earning a top salary in the top hundred. There may be two or three on the most recent list that was just published. Um, So... We have a lot of work still to do. So I, as the talent shortage becomes uh, increasingly more um, uh, you know, known and uh, prominent, uh, and as uh, women advance and demonstrate their capa- capabilities more clearly, I do think the needle will turn. But I've been working on this issue for 14 years, mm-hmm. and the statistics are... Are not moving as quickly as certainly I would have liked. I would have liked to have been out of a job right now. (laughs) And women have parity and equality and, you know, we're just moving forward. Right. Uh, But, no, we're still in business.
0: You know, it's fascinating to me because I can feel, you know, in the work that I do for this show, I can feel the shift and I see what's going on, but the numbers
1: are not there. The numbers are not there yeah, yet. Yeah, and I don't And a thought. lot of this rests on the women. So we can blame the organization. We can blame the leadership. And there are many companies that still don't have women on their boards, still don't have women in the C suite, and still haven't made it a priority uh, to recruit and retain women.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so shame on them. And there are organizations that are struggling with this issue. The pharmaceutical industry understands that women are the top buyers of their products. We make all the healthcare care decisions in our families almost, and we certainly approve or disapprove of drugs and doctors and hospitals and health care um, and retirement homes, you name it. So we are a big player in health care. And the pharmaceutical companies still haven't been able to move the needles significantly. Mm-hmm. So I've determined that it's a two-way street. The organizations and the leadership have to do something about it and understand the importance of inclusion and diversity as we go global. Uh, We need different people on our teams who bring a different way of thinking through things. But uh, the woman has to step up as well. And that's another reason why I wrote the book, is we have to take a closer look at ourselves. Are we doing what's necessary to get ahead? Do people know our achievements, our accomplishments? Have we linked it to the skills that we've gained? Mm -hmm. Can we talk um, openly uh, about where we would want to go in the company? that we wouldn't be interested in relocation if that were a possibility, that we are interested in a senior role and have these um, skills and experiences that validate that. So are we promoting ourselves? Are we stepping up in meetings and speaking out? Are we passively listening and and not engaging in a a complete way? Um, Are we strategically networking across the company? Are the influencers and decision makers of our organizations do they know who we are and what we've done? you know are we politically savvy or do we turn our nose up at you know politics and organizations, which is just uh, the name of the game? you can't get away from it, mm-hmm. but do we know how to play it well and fairly uh, so and the list goes on.
0: those are all excellent questions, and I as you're saying them i'm I'm saying to myself, no, 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 mm-hmm. and no. Yeah, right. There you go. Right. I think that um, there's that, you, you know, it speaks to the uh, one of the str- the struggles, I just think, with women in general. And it's because historically, men, since the beginning of time, have been kind of in charge. It's going to take a long time to, to ch- turn that around, I guess. And <clears throat> we talk often about, you know, self-doubt and self-esteem on this show. And I do feel that it's something women struggle with perhaps more than men. Um, And that's what sometimes holds us back. In other words, we're putting out the the work and the the effort um, in an equal manner, but not saying, look what I've done, Mm -hmm. and I would like to do more, and and asking for things that that we're deserving of.
1: Yeah, I know there's research out there that suggests that at a certain age, girls' confidence is is shattered. Mm Mm-hmm. That we start out, uh, you know, feeling real good about ourselves on the playground and in sports and so on. And at some point, messages, subliminal messages come through through our teachers and our parents and our society that we're not quite good enough.
0: That's right.
1: But confidence is absolutely probably the major obstacle that gets in women's way and the lack of it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, We're going to take one last quick break, and we will be back uh, on Women to Watch with Molly Shepard, president and CEO of The Leader's Edge.
3: Uh. Hello? Hi, Kelly.
0: It's Sue. Are you and Joe going to the kids' game after school today? No, we are stuck in traffic
4: again on our way to the hospital for Joe's IVIG infusion. As usual, we will be at the hospital all day and won't be home in time. This is really becoming a problem with our work and family commitments.
0: Hey, my friend's son receives his infusions at home with Walgreens. You know, they are not just a retail pharmacy. Walgreens has a national home infusion program. He used to miss school, but now the Walgreens nurses see him at home after school. Wow, infusions in the comfort of our own home? Yes. Walgreens expert infusion nurses and pharmacists are available 24 7 to provide safe, one on one clinical support around your schedule. Talk to your doctor and call Walgreens Infusion Services at 877 974 4844 or go to womentowatch.net for complete details. We will
4: if we ever get out of this traffic, hearty har har. We can't wait to have these infusions at home with Walgreens. Thanks. Be well.
2: Are you looking for assistance with your IT demands? Would you like to know that the people you hire have your best interests at heart? InSource is one of the region's most distinguished and fastest-growing technology firms in the Philadelphia area. Their only concern is to deliver your business long-term success to avoid reacting to daily crisis. Recognized as a top employer of IT consultants, they thrive on helping their clients exceed expectations. InSource delivers reliable and effective solutions to the technology needs of both small and large businesses as well as nonprofits, and does so with the goals of your business in mind. With over a decade of recognized, Success, Insource provides its clients with both IT staffing needs as well as putting highly qualified project teams together. Insource is also a partner of ServiceNow, the fastest growing software company in the country. Contact Insource today at 610 592 or visit their website at insourcenow.com to find the quality help you need.
4: It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice some brokers only push the latest hot stocks and some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars that's where the mutual fund store comes in it's where you talk with your local advisor someone you can meet with face to face not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away and your mutual fund store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be from day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330.
5: Have you ever wondered about the magic of Paris, traveled there before? You haven't experienced Paris until you've traveled with us. I'm Chloe Johnson, the owner of CJ Tours. I became hooked on the mystique of all things Parisian after just one visit to the city of Life. CJ Tours, a travel, fashion, and product company, provides an experience unlike any other when it comes to exploring the hidden gems of Paris. We connect you with boutiques off the beaten path. We provide the opportunity to go behind the scenes with some of the most celebrated designers Paris has to offer. You can even purchase one-of-a-kind French pieces as mementos of your trip, or ask us to source that special piece just for you. CJ Tours and our unique products are designed to provide that Parisian je ne sais quoi and allow you to experience Paris like never before. To learn more, contact me at Chloe Johnston at cjshoppingtours.com or simply visit chloejomston.com for more information.
6: Welcome
0: back, everyone, to Women to Watch. I'm in the studio today with Molly Shepard. And Molly is the president and CEO of The Leader's Edge here in Philadelphia. Uh, Molly is also an author. Um, She has received numerous awards for her um, work in our community and and across the country as well. Um, One of my favorite questions, and I'd love to ask this of you, is if you could, what would you say to your 16-year-old self? Um, I always find that to be kind of an interesting question in looking at yourself, thinking back to who you were at 16, and now, um, you know, as far as you've come, what is it? If you you could say one thing to that young girl, what
1: would it be? Well, that's a big question. Uh, At 16, I wanted to be a doctor, and at 18, I was told I couldn't take a seat away from a man. So the messages around um, what I could and couldn't do were happening pretty early. So I would have said to my 16-year-old self, don't listen to uh, those messages and you know, fight harder and more confidently for what you believe in. On the other hand, I wasn't totally aware of who I was. I wasn't individuated enough mm-hmm. to understand uh, where I would uh, actually go in my in my career, but I guess if I had to boil it down, it is all around confidence, which is where we ended
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in our last part of our discussion, and um, how to to convince myself at that very young age that I could be successful, that I could do whatever I wanted to do, that I had talent, uh, that I um, could be someone,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and. How that how that would transfer into real skills building, I'm not sure, because that's a pretty young age.
0: Right, right. Um, y- you know, I want to point out for the listeners, you um, among everything that you do, you're also a mother. You have children. Do you have a daughter?
1: I do. So I've been able to do it all with my child. Right. Uh, she's an extremely intelligent and successful but you woman. Talk about
0: your kids for a few minutes.
1: I have uh, three natural biological children and then... Uh, Peter, who I'm married to, has brought into our marriage a uh, young girl. So I have a Mm 13-year-old who lives with us, Isabel. So I consider that I have four children, plus two dogs, a cat, and a a couple of fish uh, along (laughs) the way. Get the whole family in there. Get the whole family in there. (laughs) And now uh, my daughter has three children who are all under four, and my son has a one-year-old and a baby on the way. And my other son, who's not yet married, uh, but will eventually, and mm-hmm. I told him he has to uh, produce some children sometime soon. <laughs> um, so I have a, a growing family. Uh, it's it's amazing when we take a family photo how large it's become. But my first child was a daughter, and uh, she is... Um, she believes I was always this way, so she doesn't understand when I talk about my youth and how insecure I was and lacking in confidence and so on. She said, Mom, you never were that way.
0: I can't imagine.
1: But in truth, she really never was that way. <laughs> uh, she had some issues and challenges herself. Um, she was born with a, a um, clubbed foot, so she had to overcome some, some um Teasing and taunting and operations and casting and all of that mm. uh, to get that right. But she became an NCAA athlete, and she was a top student at Amherst College, and then got a master's degree at Columbia, and then her degree, at the, uh, law degree at the University of Pennsylvania, wow. um, magna cum laude and now she's an assistant us attorney here in philadelphia oh, wow. and is ha, has three young babies all of whom are challenging in their own right and as feisty as you can imagine so she's she's balancing all of this and but she and i are very close friends and and i've always shared with her what i've learned and and the struggles that i've gone through her first job was with a major enormous law firm in washington after law school and So she's been to these top schools, these ivory towers where everything is pretty equal, you know, men and women and the numbers and so on. And she was on the law review and had no issue with men uh, in in any of her uh, schooling. Uh, And she gets into her first big major client meeting in this law firm, and they sit around the table, and she's got her beautiful blue suit on and white silk blouse and pearls and she's totally prepared and knows exactly, you know, what the issues are on the table and she's with these senior partners discussing this major client and one of the partners, male partners, turns to her and says, Ashley, would you go get the coffee and serve it to us?
0: It's a scene out of Mad Men.
1: And this was her (laughs) big aha because this was what I've been telling her she may encounter when she goes into the workforce. And she was a genius at how she handled it. She turned to that senior male partner and she said, Would you help me? And the two of them served the coffee to what the a team.
0: Great, great answer.
1: And I wish I had put that in the book because it yeah, was such it's a, a great story. A great solution. But she, she uh, understood in that moment how easily a woman could become subjugated and mm-hmm. uh, marginalized.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating to me, um, and clearly she she learned from you by example. Uh, I'm sure you've had you know many conversations, but just to see the work that her own mother has done, and she's following in your footsteps, that's very she, exciting.
1: Yeah, I I hope she does. She'd be a great leader. She'd be uh, a great anything she tried. And then uh, my son came next, and he's also an assistant U.S. attorney down in Miami. So mm-hmm. they both have followed the law route. And he is an amazingly open, liberal-thinking, progressive male, and we have such an obligation as mothers to raise these boys well. But when he was being recruited out of law school, some law firm in New York said, hey, come on, Kurt, join our team. We're like a football team. You know, we play hard, we we work hard, and we don't let the girls in. <laughs> and he came home and reported that to me and Ashley, and we said, "Well, you oh know, no, no, <laughs> no, no, you're not taking that job <laughs> right. um uh, over our dead bodies. you will join that law firm but um and he understood you know he wasn't looking for a place like that, he was mm-hmm. looking for a a place to work, which you know had equality, and yeah. where women were treated as with the same respect and dignity that he was. And he's he's had a daughter now, a little girl, and and I bet that little girl he will see it even more. Oh, he with will that with her. You know, it's very it's
0: very important. Uh, Peter and I were talking in the break actually about the importance of men not only um, supporting women but sponsoring them in their endeavors, and I think that's a, a such a key step to. Kind of elevating women is is when not only women are supporting each other but men too oh, sure. They're validating you know the value of their work.
1: well, we have to partner with the men. This is not a men versus women kind of thing no it should not be um this is us collaborating together and understanding why we have to work together and how much better we can do if we worked together, mm-hmm. so I agree. Um, Every very successful woman you'll find might have probably has a male sponsor Mm -hmm. behind them, both because they're 94 percent of the, you know, executives in this country, but also uh, because they have to step up and and do so.
0: Tell me what's what one you know, you're clearly successful and you've managed to do a lot of wonderful things and and fill your time. What's a challenge for you in your work? When you think about the day-to-day, what's one of the things that's a struggle for you?
1: Well, my biggest struggle really is because every day I wake up thinking, today's going to be different. You know, women will be uh, treated differently. Uh, the women we're coaching will be successful. And every day I hear another horror story, uh, uh, you know, where one woman might do very well and and – rise up, another woman may be marginalized and and uh, have a an I- significant issue. So, and that keeps the needles in the same place. Right. So what I, I would like to see is uh, women to build their confidence in themselves and their and their abilities uh, and their experience uh, to get up there and, and start taking risks and volunteering for initiatives and projects and assignments and promotions that will get them where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And that does require some reflection. You know, what is it I want to do? That's and right. how do I want to align those interests with my work? And and obviously you have to be doing work that you'll be successful in.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So you need to know what your strengths and interests are and follow that lead. Um, but once they're there, they need to let people know they've arrived and they have a lot to contribute. They're hardworking and and uh, have a voice right I think you're you're right though that it does take work it you know to kind
0: of be self-reflective and really give some thought to what are my gifts and what is it that I can contribute Um, that sometimes takes some women and men longer than others Um, what do you think is one of the ways that you can uh, figure that out I guess Um, self analyzing is, is 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 very very important Uh, I wonder how you came to your purpose, how you came to know what it was you you wanted and should be doing.
1: I'm one of the luckiest people in the world because I'm doing what I love, Mm -hmm. and I have been for many years. But uh, Breaking into the Boys Club, my book, actually has a whole chapter on how to do this analysis. Uh, But it is really looking at what you've done really, really well in your life, both professionally and personally, Mm -hmm. and figuring out what you were doing at the time. What skills were you using? So, for instance, I am a a person who's curious and likes to work with people and needs to be out there. Uh, I'm not extroverted, but I do like those one-on-one relationships. So my first job offer, I was a Russian major at Wheaton, was to work for the CIA and be put into a small office translating documents every day. And I knew that that was not going to... do well with me. You were lonely. <laughs> I was going to be a failure big time. Right. So it's that's just a simple example, though, of how you have to know who you are and get the kind of job and the kind of work that will satisfy your interest, because there you'll be successful. Yes. Well, I think it's a great tip to
0: say, think about a time when you when you did something well, mm-hmm. and, and what was that?
1: Mm-hmm. That's, and what that's, were you doing? And what were, what were you doing? were the skills you were applying? Were you interviewing? Were you analyzing? Were you... Uh, You know, strategizing? Mm -hmm. Were you building a team? Were you asking questions? Whatever it was. Right. Um, And think about the kind of work that would use those skills.
0: Yeah, that's a great bit of advice. And and unfortunately, it's the last bit of advice I can get from you. Um, We just have a moment left in the show. I'm so thrilled to have you join me here today, Molly. And um, if you could just lastly give your contact information for someone who might be listening uh, that might want to be in touch with you or your colleagues.
1: Well, this is Molly Shepard. I'm president and CEO of the Leaders Edge, Leaders by Design, uh, which is located here in Philadelphia. And our website is www.the-leaders-edge.com. And I have uh, a LinkedIn account, Molly D. Shepard. And what else?
0: I, excuse me. I think you you got it. And I'll be it. putting
1: it all out there as well Great. on my website for, for anybody who...
0: who um, doesn't get to it. Thank you again, Molly. I appreciate it. Continued success to you. Thank you so much. That's it, everyone, for this week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. Again, my name is Sue Rocco. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to reach out at my website at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net. Have a great week, everyone.